Hello all, and welcome back to another episode of Movies and Us, a weekly gathering place filled with conversations about movies, stories, and connection. My name is Jennifer Hahn. And I'm Sarah Callen. And today we're going to be reviewing the film The Color Purple. All right, Sarah, kick us off with an IMDb summary for The Color Purple. A woman faces many hardships in her life, but ultimately finds extraordinary strength and hope in the unbreakable bonds of sisterhood. All right. And in Movies and Us tradition, we will kick off with our one-sentence summaries for The Color Purple. Sarah, what was yours? Mine is support Black-owned businesses. Yes. I love that. Yes, 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 yes. Uh, Mine references a Black-owned business, and my one-sentence summary is Black womanhood is as multifaceted and stunning as the fabric array in Missy's Fancy Pants Store. Ooh, yes. Love it. (laughs) I I almost mentioned pants in mine, so I'm glad that you got that in there too. (laughs) Yes. All the colors, all the textures, all the fabric types. Yeah. Yeah, those those really, really bright ones. Like, mm-hmm. wow, this is quite something. Yeah. With the really vibrant patterns. Like, those look fun. Those are your fun going out pants. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Always important to have. <laughs> yes. Okay. Let's start off with our initial thoughts of the color purple. Um, and then we will include a spoiler and then we'll have full reign to discuss all of the parts of the film. Uh, but at a high level, Sarah, I'm intrigued to hear how the color purple worked for you. Yeah, I was a little, uh, mm, I guess I would say apprehensive about this movie at first, just because I am very particular when it comes to movie musicals. Uh, I have strong opinions about musicals. I love musicals a lot. And I don't always love movie adaptations of musicals. But The Color Purple nails it. This movie is such a fun time. And it, it, it recreates the magic of the theater, but on the big screen. And I, I think that it was so smart that they included you know, previous cast members of The Color Purple in this film adaptation. And I think that really lends itself to uh, just being such a high quality production. But this is, it's stunning. It's gorgeous. The the dance numbers are fantastic. The musical arrangements are are just breathtaking. The story is obviously fantastic. Like I had such a good time with this movie and I'm real salty with the Academy right now because for the color purple to only garner one whole nomination. Are you kidding me? No, Mm -hmm. no. This movie was robbed and I am annoyed that the Academy missed this so badly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm excited to talk about that whole piece because there yes we have many thoughts about that friend um yeah as you know I am not a musicals person mm-hmm. in general and yeah. so I too I was I was a little worried going into this I was also uh just you know um careful with my excitement for this because sometimes it's just hard to do um 
book to film adaptations, let alone musical to film adaptations. Like both of those two things are notoriously so difficult to do. And there are still aspects of this film that I think could have been stronger in some of the filmmaking components. Um, And I think overall what captivates me most about this film is the story. And so I had, I went down a whole rabbit hole in my brain around like, man, this is working for me, but it's really the story that's working for me. And the filmmaking is fine. It's solid. The cinematography is like, okay. The editing, all of that stuff is like, it's fine. It's good. But I think that there's a version of this that could be better. And I think there are moments in this film that really worked well and use the power of the film make film as a medium in order to highlight certain aspects and, and and emotional beats that you just can't do in a stage production. And man, I I think that those aspects could have been littered throughout this film because they would add so much to the story. But overall, like this is a a powerful story. And I appreciate that the film doesn't shy away uh, from some of those harder moments. And I think it makes a lot of those moments where there is a, a moment of joy or celebration or laughter just feel that much more potent because you really sit with and experience so much of what these women go through. So I, I kind of applaud this movie for not shying away from some of those hard things. I was kind of worried that this would be maybe a overly glossy version of this story and I I was kind of surprised and shocked in some of those early sequences that like oh no they're they're going for it and they are full-on committed to it and that was a pleasant surprise didn't expect it Mm -hmm. so I I have a question what is your knowledge or exposure to the the original novel Mm. and the 19 I think it was 85 movie. I hadn't experienced either of those. So I was going in real fresh white canvas. And so, so much of these characters and the story were like, I was experiencing for the first time. Um, and it, it sucked me in and I, I didn't expect it to. And the first like 10 minutes of the film, I was like, Oh, like, I think this will be fine. This will be solid. But by the end, I was so invested in these women and who they were and, and their stories and their outcomes. Like, full-on sucked in and I'm kind of surprised at how much this movie moved me what about you oh yes uh I so I was going to do my homework and I watched the previous movie version like a week ago because I was like okay I need to know this I had thought that I had read the color purple in like high school uh Mm -hmm. I was very wrong uh the moment that the movie started I was like oh no I haven't read this so (laughs) now the color purple is at the top of my to read list um so yeah the whole time I was watching the 2023 version of the color purple I was also comparing and contrasting it with the previous movie version which is also really in, it was just an interesting exercise because the two are are so different. And even though both of them are based on the same novel, they emphasize certain things or they de-emphasize others. So it's it's really fascinating the the differences between the two. Um, but yeah, I I love that this musical doesn't like you said it doesn't shy away from the tough 
things because there's a lot of really, really hard really things hard. that mm-hmm. that these characters go through. Uh, and like you said, the those hard moments help make the joy even more infectious and even more joyful. Uh, so I, I think it's so smart. And I, I love, love that they took this book and they made it into a musical to mm. begin with. I mm. think that that is such a an interesting creative choice. And I think it's also so compelling, especially the types of music that are involved and how much, you know, Black people have used music in these tough Mm -hmm. times and how things like blues and jazz help like those were birthed out of the black community in really really difficult circumstances so it just it only makes sense that those styles of music would be so uh woven throughout the story and we see that captured beautifully in in the movie so it's just it's such a creative way to tell the story and i i love that that's so fun and an incredibly difficult task too, you know, like to, to put to music the emotions of moments is is no small task, especially for something that has already been uh, established as a standalone story. Like the, it's, I imagine a very similar, uh, you know, hurdle for uh, book to film adaptations, which is just like this is not how I read that scene or that moment or what those words would have been and for them to be able to do that and and put to music the emotions that are being felt I just thought it added such an another layer of expressiveness for the story and for these characters like some of my favorite musical bits were just the the women singing about their feeling at that moment and man it was so powerful and I mean, I, I think it would have worked great as a film, but there's this whole other layer of artistic expression that the movie was able to tap into. Um, really, really almost like added a whole other dimension to uh, the experience of the story. Yeah, and that's that's how I felt to, you know, comparing this to the previous film. It, I don't know, it, it feels unfair to compare the two because they are so different. One is a film and one is a musical. Um but I, I really loved that the musical elements of this film, like you said, it added so much to it. So you already have this incredibly powerful story, these really dynamic and interesting characters that you want to follow. And then you layer upon it this really captivating music, these beautiful dance numbers, like all of this to just, I don't know, it, it helped me be even more immersed into this world. And, you know, I, I already empathized with Celie and, and, and was, was moved by her story, but this using the musical as a vehicle to tell this story helped immerse me in her world even more than if this had just been like a regular film. I'm, you are you are much more well versed in musicals and and that whole genre. But I thought it was interesting that the the film, musical film, whatever we want to call this thing, um, it it doesn't lean on the musical numbers to tell the story. And sometimes musicals often will do that, and there's much less dialogue. Whereas this really felt like a film with these musical numbers really elevating moments and kind of adding, uh, you know, 
turning up the saturation for an emotional moment, whether it was a joyful moment and them dancing, or it was someone lamenting and weeping and expressing that through song. Um, I just thought that the, like the choice to not litter this story with musical numbers left and right was just an interesting choice that the level of like restraint that they had to not turn everything and tell the entire story through the musical, um, format I thought was really smart so when those moments came I was like oh like this is a moment we need to sit in and you know time is being slowed down in the from the perspective of the story and, and this narrative arc for us to sit with this character right now or these characters right now and uh just like the intentionality of when they chose to like pivot to a musical bit and then pivot back uh, was much less than I was expecting going into this. I thought it was going to be a lot more song and dance and it's actually a lot less than I expected. Mm, mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. I expected it to be like primarily singing. I haven't yeah. seen The Color Purple, the musical, so I mm. wasn't quite sure what the balance was going to be. Um, but yeah, I loved the way that they incorporated song because it also, I don't know, I feel like sometimes in in movie musical adaptations it's like talking things are normal and then all of a sudden we're singing like and it just feels completely wrong you know like a musical number just comes out of nowhere (laughs) uh and I didn't feel that as much with the color purple I think there was only like one song that I was like oh why why are we doing this but then the song was really good so I was like oh okay I guess I'll forgive it but for the most part it felt like this this beautifully integrated way to get into like you were saying this character's mind or what these characters are feeling or experiencing it's it's hey we're doing this not just because we like to sing and dance. We're doing this to get you to pay even more attention. We're get, we're doing this to make you feel more deeply than you could if we were just sitting here talking. So pay attention. And I think that that was just so smart and also so effective because uh, anytime somebody would start singing, I was like, oh, yes, I'm way more dialed in now. So I don't know. It It worked so well for me. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the other the other thing that I think really worked well about the musical numbers is that the tonal quality of each woman is so different and oh, fit yes. their personalities so well. Like how that the alignment there, I think, really, really. I don't know. It just it's it's the cherry on top. That little detail around you know, that the fierceness and the, the grit of Sophia's voice is so different from the way that uh, Celie sings and the, the more softer, more tender quality of her voice, just her singing voice. So that, that alignment, I thought painted such a like uh, kaleidoscope picture of these women are so different from each other and yet they have so much in common and they see and they recognize and celebrate each other's differences. It really was this beautiful spectrum of the different ways of being a black woman. And I thought their voices just highlighted that so much more. Like it just, again, turns the saturation up. Yeah. Yeah. And then even the way that you can see their character development in like 
over the course of the movie in the songs that they sing and how they sing too. Cause the songs that like Suge is mm. singing at the end of the movie are very different than what she was singing at the beginning. Same thing with Celie. She is yeah. singing very differently. And so I think that makes it even more powerful. Like, yes, we have watched her, uh, grow and transform over the course of the film but we're also hearing her sing very differently and we're we're her her tone changes her um like the dynamics change and then obviously the subject matter of the songs change as well it's just so well done that each of these songs are are so well integrated into who these characters are and what they're experiencing that they just feel natural to be coming out of them that's such a good point that I don't think I realized so crisply, but you're so right that the arc that the character goes on is so aligned to the the bigness or the smallness, the the expressiveness or the tenderness of the songs that they sing. Um, that's that's a fabulous point because you're right. Like we see Celie come out of her shell and blossom and finally assert herself. And the way that she sings is so much bigger and brighter and more expressive. And in it almost kind of in the opposite way, um, we see the way that uh oh, what's her shug um starts out with this charisma and the showmanship and she knows how to work a crowd, and yet that final song that we see her sing is her with her father and it's so small and and understated and quiet in nature just the two of them in an empty church like the the place that they are singing and also the way that they're singing is so different that's a fabulous point oh my gosh yeah i love that this movie is so smart it's oh my gosh it's incredible and like to your point earlier you know, adapting a book to a movie is very hard. Adapting a book to a musical is very hard. Adapting a musical to a movie is very hard. So every aspect of this film is hard to do. And yet it excels. You know, there are some moments that I don't think landed quite as well as it could have. But on the whole, this movie is fantastic. And it's so intentional. And I'm just, I'm so impressed at what it was able to communicate and and how much it gets you into the world of Celie uh, and just being on this journey with her in a way that, I don't know, is is very impressive and very hard to do. So I everybody needs to watch The Color Purple. Even if you're not a musical person, even if you are a musical person, like watch The Color Purple. This is a powerful film and and it's it's absolutely worth watching and just celebrating Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and one one other point which we kind of made earlier but I just want to circle back to around the music and the way that it adds to the story is that sometimes you know like these these stories and films about topics like this can can lean so heavily into um, the the gravity of of what happened in history and the experiences of these women and and just the the toil and and the mental uh, you know burdens that they carry, and I think that this film does such a good job of balancing the joy and the camaraderie and the community that they feel, and also all of the things that are so burdensome about the the things that they endure. And I and I think that the music really helps that keep that balance because we get those moments to breathe, to come up for air, to celebrate a moment with them, you know. And and I think that 
uh, it just, it makes this film much more like dynamic and, and less one toned. And I think that really adds to this landing really well um, versus staying within this one tone and one mood throughout the whole way through uh, just perhaps less uh, accessible and, and less palatable for like a mass audience that should see and experience these women's stories. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, gosh, I don't remember what movie it was now that we reviewed recently. Uh, we've just reviewed too many things. I'm, I'm losing track. But I, I, I love that this year so far, we've been able to review multiple movies that really highlight and center like black joy. And, and I think that this movie is like, pinnacle of that you know we see the difficulties but we also see that joy and and I feel like uh we're we're seeing that the stories of black people aren't limited to what we've always been fed it's not limited to the slave narrative it's not limited to you know violence in the inner city it's not limited to gangs but there is so much to explore and there's so much for for black storytellers, black directors, black actors, black musicians, like to express to the world. And, and I love that we get to see a movie like this that is, is not focused on, of course, there are difficult things that happen, but it's in the midst of that, that they are choosing joy. They're choosing togetherness. They're choosing to support one another. They're choosing that love and that bond and that sisterhood and all of these things. And so I just, I love that this in many ways to me feels like this subversive movie, you know, it, it breaks out of so many of the boxes that I feel like are so well established, both in musicals and in movies, and is saying, no, we don't need to do what's always been done. It feels like this is like a movie with like Suge's ethos of like, we don't need to do what everybody's doing. You know, we can do what what is true. We can do what is right to us. And I just, I love that, that this is breaking out of the mold and it's so exceptional. It's so captivating. I, I love it. I want more things like this. Mm-hmm. Yes, no, it's so true. And, and it's bringing out of the mold without going all the way to the other side uh, and, and yeah. having that pendulum swing to this glossy, you know, version. No, it's, it can hold both things at the same time. And that that is hard to do and this movie does that really well and i think what's also you know fascinating about the way this movie's constructed is that we're we almost pendulum swing back and forth between those two things also incredibly quickly as well which is perhaps like a it was initially such a jarring experience and and i was like oh like this is really intense and all of a sudden we're in the next scene and all the mood is totally shifted but isn't that life? You know, like there's these moments of pain and then the next moment you are giggling out with your friend about something to like try and keep moving forward. And and I, I love that this movie is unafraid to like cut quickly between these tones and not give us this transition and these long stretches of one tone. No, like we are bouncing everywhere and back and forth all the time and sometimes in a most jarring way, but ain't that life. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and really exemplifying that like two things can be true at the same time, you know, like this can be a really difficult moment. Like that language fails to capture what some of these characters go through. And yet there can be goodness or there can be joy in the midst of that. And I, I think that this movie does a really good job of showing us that, that you can hold two things together at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I have to say, I really underestimated this movie going in. <laughs> I, my guard was up. I was like, mm, <laughs> this is the, the, this is smelling a little bit like a Hollywood rendition <laughs> this classic story and and mm-hmm. this important story and i'm worried that they're gonna butcher it and i'm pleasantly surprised they did it but i was i was uh you know cautious going in <laughs> very cautious i really love that this musical has won you over that <laughs> warms my little theater kid heart <laughs> yes yes and yeah i had a note here like did this being a musical add to the movie or or not and my I'm squarely in the camp of like it did and sometimes it feels can feel shoehorned in when they take stories and turn them into musicals and you're like okay here's the fun number just to make this a fun little musical segment but um I think Mean Girls the latest Mean Girls does that I haven't seen it but the latest Mean Girls remake is apparently a musical uh you know it just doesn't need to be sometimes but this one this one really really does And it's fascinating that you got to experience the um, earlier film version of this and where I was able to see kind of the differences in approach and how that translates to your experience of the movie. Yeah, yeah, it was it was really interesting to see where the two differ, you know, like obviously like the plot is the same, Uh, but both movies choose to focus on different things sometimes you know like one movie glosses over like one pretty Mm -hmm. big plot point and then the other movie is like oh no we're gonna fully explain this plot point so that was actually really helpful for me because there were some things in the in the earlier version that I was like wait (laughs) this this doesn't make sense we have glossed over information that I need and then the musical goes a little bit more deeply into it and I was like oh okay I understand now Um, (laughs) so it makes me even more eager to read the book and to to really see uh all of those nuances in there and and then be able to really better see how each film takes some creative liberties in in certain directions but both of them I mean the the main plot points are are largely the same so that was that was really great to see and just again it was fun to kind of dissect like ooh, why why did you Mm. deviate or why did you focus on this instead of this? It's just interesting to think about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, let's include a spoiler alert here so that we can talk about all of those things, including some of those plot points that potentially have surfaced up in some and not the other. So uh, if you haven't seen The Color Purple, it is available on Max. So we recommend if you have Max, check it out. If you don't get Max, watch this movie. It is an important film. It is such a meaningful one. And uh, we we can't. We can't rave about it enough. Okay. Let's dive in fully. We have full free reign over get to talk about this film. Where what's something that um kind of was a a a big big thought 
uh, that you, you were having over the course of this film or something that you've been mulling on since the film uh, wrapped up after you finished watching? Yeah, I so something that I've been thinking about that I really appreciate about uh, the 2023 movie is that there's not a lot of white people in this movie. Mm. Um, in in the earlier version, the scene with Miss Millie is is longer, and then there's like another scene after that that is really. Uh, quite traumatic what happens um and so like obviously like white people aren't the main focus of the earlier film but there's a lot more white people in that Mm -hmm. um and that's not the case in this version of the color purple and i love that that they intentionally chose to do that so that there's really no way that this can become about white people and i love that Mm -hmm. because for so long everything we have made about white people and that's just not the case so i i love that that they chose even in the moments when like a white person is involved in the scene obviously the miss millie scene is very pivotal so you have to see what happens a lot of times outside of that you you almost see the effects of the white system you know like you you can hear the jailer's voice but you don't see him or you can see um you know what happens after everything with miss millie but we don't have to see her again and so i just i loved that this film was like no (laughs) we Mm. we know who this movie is about we know who this story is about and so we are going to choose to center on them because that is the most important thing Mm, that's so good yeah yeah because you know the the center of the story like you mentioned it's these people you know and and it's I think so many uh films that we've seen can often focus on the dynamic between these two people groups right and then that becomes the backdrop and it kind of inches forward to become in the foreground and this film really puts these women at the center. Like we get to sit with them. We get to know them so deeply. And it is, it's honestly more about the relationship that they have actually with each other more than it is about the relationship mm-hmm. in the larger society. And, you know, you're right. The first white person that we see in this movie doesn't come until like, you know, two thirds of the film is past, you know, and I thought that was such a smart choice. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great observation. So, so something that um, I was really mulling on after the film ended is this 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 emphasis that the film uh, or this theme that the film circles around in each of the characters with their relationship to their larger families and specifically like their family line. It's often focused in the context of like their parents and the effects of their parents' parents on them and the things that are passed down or not passed down. And I think this has been a theme that has been in, in the larger discourse right now in general around, um, you know, things that are passed down from generation to generation. But I, I love that in this film, you see two versions of things that are passed from one generation to the next and some good, some bad. So in Celie's character, we get to see her, um, really come into her own when she starts her business, Miss Seeley's Fancy Pants. And I love that her skill set and being able to sew and create clothing 
was given to her by her mother. And the movie starts with that. And then you see that thread line uh, throughout the film. It's a way that Celie has to take care of and, and show her love for the people around her. Um, there's a really beautiful scene where she goes to see uh, Sophia at the county jail and, and she, oh no, it's, it's after Sophia gets out of the, out of jail and um, Celie has created uh, and woven this, this sweater for her. And it's, it's kind of a, maybe like a, like a quick little moment, but it just carries so much meaning knowing that that skill set that she had uh, was given and passed down to her by her mother. And then similarly, uh, kind of the the opposite version of this is you see the uh, thread line between uh, Mr. and his father. And, you know, the, like his father really doesn't need to be in this story. Uh, and for some of those scenes when he shows up, like those scenes honestly could work just as well without him. But I thought it was so intentional for this film to include the story uh, from the original novel to include the presence of Mr.'s father because you then can see him through the lens of he has been steeped in this from a young age and this is where it comes from from him and he now has a choice which he, we see him make uh, on breaking those patterns and 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 doing better for his next generation. And so Harpo, is again another character that's kind of on the peripherals. He's a side character for a lot of these scenes, but I feel like he really represents that continuation of the healing and redemption of so many of these patterns that have been entrenched in this family line that are now being broken for the next generation to come. So um, it was fascinating just to see that how much, while we get to know these characters, we actually get to know these characters and their larger family lines as part of context for who they are. Um, it felt like just such a thread that stood out to me uh, throughout watching this film. Yeah. You, so I, I read this on IMDb. So like take it with a grain of salt, mm. but uh, <laughs> in an interview, Taraji P. Henson said, uh, you see celebrities and athletes saying, I'm going to take a break for my mental wellness. We've never seen anything like this before. And this movie is going to only shed more light on why we need to heal and break these generational curses. Mm -hmm. And so I think that she is absolutely like picking up what you're talking about. You know, we see what these families have have gone through and how they have how they have passed down those unhealthy things to their descendants. And I mean, not even getting into like things like slavery and how that mm. affects the people's ancestors who went through that. Like, it's just, it's all wrapped up in everything and we pass on more to the next generation than we realize. And so I love that this movie, like you said, is shining light on that and is also showing the, the redemptive part of it you know we see that in Harpo he makes wrong decisions and he tries mm -hmm. to be like his dad but then he grows over the course of the film even mister which is is one of the the issues that I had with the earlier yeah. film is they don't <laughs> they don't really explore his his redemptive turn so it feels like out of nowhere in the earlier film but they do a much better job in this film showing how mister grows and changes and then like you said we see Seely who becomes herself you know instead of this this shell of who she used to be so i i love that this this film 
is, I don't know, man. like, I, I think that musicals are so powerful and it gives you this opportunity to be fully immersed into this world and maybe explore themes in a way that you might not otherwise because it's being expressed through song. And I feel like this movie does that so well in showing how these characters are growing and how they are healing. And I feel mm. like this this is a super important movie, not just to be, you know, more aware of the Alice Walker novel, which we should be, you know, we should read more classic Black literature. Hello. Um, mm-hmm. But also just to understand the the power of community and the power of healing and how we do have agency and we can do better than the previous generation. And that's all all wrapped up in this incredibly beautiful, meaningful movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's so true. That's so true. And I think that that theme of the sisterhood and the community that these women have with each other, it's so integral for the growth that each of them have and we see their arcs come to full fruition so that by the end of the film their growth feels so earned like I don't know sometimes with films you know you get to the end and you're like oh this character grew and like that's very wonderful I actually felt a little bit with like like, like that with um Mr's character it felt it was a little too fast for me I'm not gonna lie I'm like oh this is a major transformation mm-hmm. uh just because yo crops didn't grow for this year I'm like okay I don't know if I buy it fully <laughs> But for these women, like they they almost begin to be inspired and and take the best traits of each other and and like rub off on each other in these really fascinating ways. Like I think um, the 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 conversations that Sophia has with with Celi early in the film really seed uh, the future growth and kind of courage that Celi begins to adopt to stand up to the abuse that she's experiencing and Sophia models that for her and in the moments where Sophia is is, is kind of a shell of herself um after coming out of prison and 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 unable to like reconnect and reignite that fire in her it's in the moment where Celie stands up to Mr that then you see Sophia almost like come back to life you know like she's like a plant that's been wilted and like fully is Mm -hmm. back to her normal self and it's it's in in the the place and in the moment where she sees Celie's tenacity that she actually originally was able to inspire and help uh, grow in Celie. So it's just this beautiful symbiotic like um, loop of, of feeding each other, lifting each other up when they're down uh, that I thought was just like so – like it's the perfect picture of the way that true, good, pure community can look like and the, the – amazing effects that come from seeing others that are not like you being inspired from them seeing them model it and then beginning to uh let a little bit of that rub off on you yeah yeah and and the way that Celie is is so um sheltered is the wrong word but like she she is put into a box you know her her dad I guess her stepdad put her into a box and then she was given in her box to Mr. And she mm-hmm. remained in that box. And all she knew was that box. 
And so then she meets characters like Sophia and Suge and that box starts to break a little bit and she realizes that there are other ways to be and there are other ideas in the world and, and things are bigger than this little box that she has been put in by mm -hmm. others. And it's mm -hmm. really cool to watch that transformation happens because it happens pretty slowly, honestly. Mm -hmm. And, and, and the way that she takes little baby steps as she learns that she has agency and she can make choices and she can choose something other than what has been scripted for her. And it's, it's just so cool the way that these three women, their stories really weave together beautifully. And, and like you said, it's not just Celie that learns. Obviously, she's our main protagonist, so she goes through the most growth. But these other two women also learn from each other, and they learn from Celie, too. And so, like you said, that's just a, such a beautiful example of what community is and what community does and how we we encourage each other, how we shape each other, how we introduce new ideas and new concepts mm. to each other. Um, it's really really cool to see that so effectively captured on on screen because some of these changes are subtle but it's all of those subtle changes that add up to to show the bigger change that we see by the end of the movie mm -hmm. yeah they're all growing together and and pushing each other and spurring each other on and the other thing that i really love about this film is that that it, it's messy too, you know, like community is so messy. Uh, being in such close relationship with people and bearing your soul can be really messy and you make mistakes. Like you see these like tiffs that come up between them with Celie and Sophia where Celie makes the mistake of um, saying a quick line around like uh, uh, how Harpo should treat her and keep her in line. And She's, she admits like, man, I was jealous of you. Like I, it was, I didn't know what to say. And I, I, I said the wrong thing. And, and then you see this like kind of confusing relationship uh, for a bit between um, Celie and Shook as well, because they're both sleeping with the same man and it's just, it's complicated, you know? And I, I love that about their friendship and their sisterhood that, that overcomes all of that, you know, like the, the glossy version of the story is that, you know, they come together and they spur each other on and it's all dandy, but sometimes it's real messy and you make the, you make mistakes because you're a human being and you have all these difficult emotions that you're also sorting out and you're bumping up against other, other people that are also figuring out their own emotions and their own, uh, you know, difficulties and flaws and, and all of the things that they carry with them as well. And so um, each of these women kind of, have their moments where it, it gets a little funky sometimes and, and they choose to overcome it. They choose to continue to be there for each other, to love each other, despite the ways that they might have um, not showed up for each other in the best way. And that is what makes that relationship feel so strong between them. It's actually not because it's fine and Danny, but because they've actually genuinely chosen each other when they could have easily walked away. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's again that whole like two things can be true at once. You know, mm -hmm. these these personalities will clash and yet they will continue to choose each other and support one another, even when things are hard. And yeah. I think 
again, like you were saying, like that makes those relationships even more beautiful because we've seen the difficulties. We've seen the, 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 the hard moments, the mistreatment, we've seen all of that. And so then when we see them continue to champion the other who has hurt them in the past, it, it makes that bond even more beautiful. And, and that's just a good example of good storytelling. You know, like mm-hmm. we obviously like it mirrors real life, but then it also makes for a fascinating story because it's not one dimensional and these characters feel so real and, and we understand what it would what it would look like for a really, really big personality like Sophia to be in relationship with a more quiet mm-hmm. personality like Celie and there will be conflict. And so it was just so cool the way that that is is written and how both of them stand up for each other and stand up for themselves throughout too. So it's, it's just so well-written. It's mm-hmm. brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I, I think the film does an incredible job bringing these women to life, but I, I I've got to say, like, I'm just so intrigued to read the novel as well, because I think that there's just mm-hmm. probably this treasure trove of nuance and detail that inevitably you, you, don't have the capacity for because it's just a different storytelling medium on the big screen uh, that that are just like a little bit you have time to sit with in a novel and uh, it'll be fascinating to be able to see the ways that the film has made choices based on the original text and being able to see like where have this creative team chosen to focus their attention on to tell this specific type of story to highlight these themes you know like that, you know, almost like working your way backwards comparison, I think will also be fascinating to see what this, this, this creative team has chosen to highlight and to really elevate. Oh, yes. I'm so excited to read this novel now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, Me too. Yeah. 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 Other things that were notable to you or that, that kind of stood out to you as um, a thought or feeling a reaction that you're having while watching The Color Purple? One, uh, like there's a lot of really powerful moments throughout this film, but I think one of the most powerful for me was uh, towards the end when, when Celie, she's singing a song and, and she's outside of her shop and she just starts singing, I'm beautiful while staring directly into the camera. It feels like she's staring into your soul while she's singing that. And I mean, obviously fantastic performance, holy moly, just incredible. But I, I, I loved that for so many reasons. So like throughout the film, Celie is called some variation of ugly all throughout, you know, she is not the pretty one. Her sister is the pretty one. She just is there. And so for her by the end as a character to say, no, I am beautiful. I am not ugly. Like that's just, that's so powerful. And then I also think there's the, the larger, like, uh, context that we're living in and like for decades, centuries, maybe, I don't know, you know, black women Mm -hmm. being called ugly or having these unrealistic beauty standards or, or whiteness is seen as beautiful and blackness is seen as other. And, and I think that that is 
also part of this conversation of this 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 black woman who is unashamed in her skin and is able to confidently sing I'm beautiful and she's absolutely right and so I just I thought that that was such a powerful moment for both the character journey and just mm-hmm. our larger society all in mm-hmm. one yeah, that moment just moved me so deeply. And and it's an example of the way that the, f- the film is using the medium of film to its finest to be able to communicate something different that you just can't in the other mediums. And the other mediums can communicate something differently with their, uh, you know, logistical, tactical uh, setups. But the fact that she's looking straight into the camera I thought was like a brilliant choice because people can't look you in the eye when they're saying something that they might not fully believe in yet or that they're, they feel unsure about, or they're insecure about, you know, like even if they're saying it out loud, they might look away, but she holds your gaze, which I think was, it's just such a, a intentional way to, to further showcase the point that Celia's fully realize this about herself and it is she has full confidence of who she is and she is unafraid to stare you dead in the eye for so that shot is like quite long too you know like they don't you know it's like a little moment they cut away no she is singing several bars just straight into the camera and man I I just that is a perfect way to use a close-up shot of this character the concept of a camera POV us as the audience on the other side of that gaze, experiencing this moment with her, you know, like using filmmaking at its finest in that moment. Oh, yes. Uh, it's It was one of my favorite parts of this movie. I have a lot of favorite parts, but that's one of them. Like I had goosebumps just all over my body. I was like, oh my gosh, this, like, I think this movie is so special. And, and I think, a lot of those songs that Celie has in the third act are are part of what makes it so special. Like there's so many powerful moments with Celie uh, that that we get to experience in the third act. That mm. uh, they're just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and even this, she sings "I am beautiful," and then the second part she sings is "I am here," and I thought mm-hmm. that was just like such yeah. a concise, succinct way to string those words together because for so much of the movie we see her fade into the background you know she she is invisible in many ways she's invisible to mister in a million ways but even in even when she's around her friends she is she's a little bit more um uh, withdrawn. She's less expressive. She doesn't, she, it feels like she doesn't want to take up space. And it's because of the ways that she's been treated and the, the things that have been spoken over her around her identity that she believes that she is not worth taking up that space. But that phrase that she sings, I am here, is such a, you know, uh, answer to everything that we've seen her undergo for the rest of the film. And I thought that was also just like such powerful word choice as well. So I'm sure that was in the, in the book and they really brought that to life here. And even the, the costuming choice too, cause she's wearing bright red in, mm, in that yeah. moment. Like you cannot hide when you're wearing a full bright red outfit. There's no way 
you mm. you cannot sink into the background and so again like all of these all of these little details are coming together to communicate what's going on i feel like sometimes in movies like visuals will be communicating one thing and words will be communicating something else but i feel like this movie is a really good example of of all of those things working together to communicate one central thing to us mhm yeah yeah all of the things are are kind of uh synchronous with each other they're all helping each other just mm-hmm. like a really land a point home or an emotion home so good Mm, uh, what else really stood out to you? Yeah, I think another thing to like relate back to that is in the beginning of the film, uh, Nettie and Celie are talking and Nettie talks about how their ancestors were queens, which makes them royalty. And I get like, I just, I loved that that was included, especially at the beginning, that these two young girls are are reminding each other, like, no, we are royalty. We are queens. And then obviously, like, Celie goes on this whole journey. And then you see her by the end, and she is this, like, regal presence. And obviously, like, so is Nettie when she shows up at the end. Um, mm-hmm. But I just, I love that, like, reframing and this this recontextualizing history too like like they're we don't know what their family was like it's not covered in this movie but they're not defined by that they are queens they are descended from royalty and so they can act like it and then by the end of the film Celie understands that and she is acting like that and i i love that she once she accepts her agency and once she knows who she she is, then she uses that like royal authority to create community and create belonging for other people. So it's just this really, really beautiful example of what what it means to like understand your history, understand who you are, and then that can help you like benefit the entire community, how that helps mm. you pour into others and support others because you are doing so from a place of, of wholeness and healing. Mm, Yeah, that's so good. That's so good. And I feel like, um, this movie is so much about identity and, you know, the ways that their identity has been given to them, spoken over them, like massaged and molded by their their upbringing or, or the people in their lives. And then for a lot of the characters, their identity is challenged and then rebuilt and reframed, you know, like even, even Sophia, I mean, it's very clear the identity uh, journey that, that Celie fully embraces by the end of the film. But I, I thought that the, the sequence with Sophia too, you know, she's, she starts out the film like so strong. Like this is a woman that knows who she is and is fearless in the most contagious of ways, right? And I, again, an area that the film doesn't choose to shy away from, but we see how after years in prison, like being treated the way that she did, that that has an effect on the way that she has now seen who she is and how she, and how she shows up in the world and, and the transformation in the other direction that we see Sophia go through 
is is a picture of how that identity can be like slowly graded upon to the point where this character is like a completely different person and we see her fully then embrace that back again when she's back in her community around the people that know her that call out that 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 person in her to come out again and to to reemerge but uh, the 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 ways that identities are formed challenged rebuilt and then redeemed is like every character almost has has this story arc you know even even some of the side characters even harpo has the choice on who he believes that he is is he like his father is he like his grandfather or is he going to be a different man and each of them have to make those choices and 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 begin to walk out that healing and that wholeness and i think that's what makes this movie so compelling like there's so many things that make it compelling and fun to watch but the fact that each character is three-dimensional obviously a lot of credit goes to alice walker and her novel (laughs) uh because that's an incredible foundation to build upon but like every character is three-dimensional every character goes on this pretty full character journey and there are multiple characters you know you have Seely and Suge and Sophia and Mr. and Harpo like that's five characters Mm -hmm. which is a lot to do in one movie and yet they all go through their own journey they all have strengths and weaknesses that we see they have highs and lows successes and failures like we see a lot from these characters, but it doesn't feel overwhelming. You know, I feel like sometimes some movies, they'll have too many characters and try to do too much. And so then nothing works, but mm. this works and, and all of their, all of their growth, all of their struggles, because this is so wrapped up in them doing life together. Uh, it, it all it all makes sense because as, as one is growing, another character may be regressing a little bit and we see the compare and contrast between the two, or maybe two are growing together and one is outpacing the other. And so it's, it's this really interesting like melding of their stories and, and it just works the way that they all grow and, and they all change and become better versions of themselves by the end. And, Gosh, just what incredible writing. Mm. No, that's so true, which is that like their points in their growth are often at very wildly different points throughout. You know, like when one character's beginning to step out and, and walk out something new and, and uh, you know, this new courage that they have, the other is regressed. And so there's this, they're not all growing at the same linear rate, you know, which just as boring. It's boring. And it also it doesn't allow, again, like we were talking about earlier, the, the showcasing of community. Like in reality, I hope we're not all like at the bottom of the valley at the same time and also at the mountaintops at the same time, because sometimes we need each other to be like, hey, I'm at the bottom of the valley right now. I know you're doing great. Like I need help, you know, and you see that really the ebbs and flows are not perfectly like aligned with each other for these characters. And it makes it work really well. You're right. Cause it draws out these different sides of each of them. And I also love that even though we have these interesting male characters who do affect the plot and are, are important for the journey that Celie goes on. The film is so intentional to keep us focused on Celie and Suge 
and Sophia. Like that is who we're really focusing on. And, and I think that's so important. You know, <laughs> like this movie is about these black women and their journeys and their stories and their healing. And even though other things are going on with Harpo and Mr. and the other guys, and they are important, they are not the focus. And so even having such well-rounded male characters, the story doesn't focus on them. And I think, again, that is a testament to the writing and, and knowing mm. whose story is supposed to be told and where we are supposed to focus in this movie. And it doesn't waver from that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And everything else is um, supporting and, and helping push their, their, their arcs forward, but you're right. It doesn't, doesn't compete for the center uh, of the stage because um, these these three women and their relationship with each other are that's the stage that we're focused on. Everyone else is helping move that plot forward. That's so good. Okay, any other last thoughts about the color purple before we wrap? Okay, so can we talk about the academy's mistakes? Yes. <laughs> we love to talk about the academy's mistakes. It's one of our favorite <laughs> rants here at Movies Nuts. <laughs> The answer is always yes to that question. <laughs> um, okay, so they, Daniel Brooks uh, is nominated for Best Supporting Actress. I got some thoughts. Oh, gosh. Okay. How many categories exist in the Oscars? How many of these can we give out? Uh, I would like to give a nomination to uh, Fantasia yeah. Barino. That's probably not how you say her last name. That's my bad. But she kills it as Celie, and I want to give her a nomination. So that's the biggest. In one a previous, no. in a previous uh, episode, we actually in two previous episodes we have talked about the best actress category, which is has a lot of contention, a lot of buzz, and I was conflicted between Annette Bening mm -hmm. and Margot Robbie. And I wanted them both to get nominations. I mm -hmm. now retract that. And I want to put Fantasia in there. Because yep. to me, this performance outshines both of them. Mm -hmm. uh, I agree. It's my biggest complaint. <laughs> I would even argue that it out, it, I would be more passionate about it being included than Carrie Mulligan's performance as well. If I had to rank Ooh. these. Not that we're ranking okay. things. Yeah. I, I think Lily Gladstone, Sandra Fuller, and um, Fantasia Barino. Strongest three. We can fill in the rest from there. But because for so much of the film, she is, as the character, so muted. You know, like she is so um, withdrawn in so many of the scenes that to still have a such a presence whilst also communicating that that sense of like, I, I just want to get out of the way. It's a hard thing to do. It's not dissimilar from the kind of power of Lily Gladstone's performance as, as well, which is that to do that role that isn't big and expressive and to, and to still carry so much power in those scenes um, is, is hard. It's a hard task. It's a hard task. It's, it's perhaps broad strokes. Again, we're painting with broad strokes, but the bigger, more expressive can really show off uh, an actor's chops, but some of those those muted, understated ones are the slow burns. Those are harder to do, I find. So I like to mm -hmm. celebrate those. 
Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. Um, okay. I pulled up, we have an Oscar nominations spreadsheet. And so I've pulled Mm. up our Oscar nomination spreadsheet because I needed to know some of the other categories that we could be competing in. Um, obviously costume design. Hello. Her pants at the end. Yes. You deserve Uh it for the pants alone. Mm -hmm. Um, I would even say, and I'm, I would have to think about this a little bit more, but there is a case to be made, I would say for adapted screenplay, Mm. uh, because this is fantastic. Um, what else we got? I would plus one on adapted screenplay because as I mentioned earlier, I was doing this like mental gymnastics in my head around like, is this, this, is a story just this good or is it the film that has brought that to life or like how much where do I weigh this a little bit more heavily and I think I've come to like the pacing the choices of of scenes dialogues to include like those are so such intentional choices that this feels full and coherent like I don't I don't I didn't ever have the feeling of like man I feel like I'm missing some context some details or some meat but I know this is based on something, so I'm sure it's there. But, like, we're getting this version of it. Uh, I didn't have that feeling with this. So I think that's a, that's a difficult task to do. This felt full and coherent as a standalone piece, even without the context of, of knowing where it's come from. And that's hard to do, to do an adaptation. So plus one on the best adapted screenplay. It's okay. tough because there's a lot so, of other good things in this category too. It is a hard cat. So yeah. that's why I'm like, maybe also we haven't yet seen the zone of interest. So like, it's hard to make an informed decision. Um, but there is a case to be made. I would have to like really think about it and like rank these movies, but like, okay. It deserves more than just one nomination. I'm glad that it got the one nomination it did, but it deserves a lot more than it got. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, I had a whole rant about, uh, how I would like to remove one of the best supporting actress nom- nominees oh, and I yeah, think yeah. we found a replacement. Here you go. Perfect. <laughs> yes. Yes. The Taraji, uh, P. Henson, I think a stronger, a stronger addition to this category. Yes. She is fantastic mm-hmm. in this movie. Like Taraji P. Henson is always fantastic. But holy moly, she brings it in this movie. And I would really have loved to see her get like the critical recognition that her performance rightly deserves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she is captivating in this film. Like there's so many scenes where Celie is just in awe and watching um, Suge just do her thing in any context that she's in. And I'm like, yep, yeah, I, I too am totally in awe, captivated uh, by this woman who is just, man, just the charisma that's dripping off of her. It's so palpable. Okay. So I think we're up to five nominations that we've given them now. Mm-hmm. Would you like to give any other nominations to this movie? Um, I, I think those are the, the most fitting ones, you know, like, 
I yeah. mentioned earlier, there's some things with the cinematography that I think could have made this even better and stronger. Um, there's some some moments of, of film editing that, man, I was like, you got this movie. You got this. Just do more of this. Like um, the one that really stands out to me is when uh, we are kind of in this like uh, reenactment of uh, one of Nettie's letters. And then you're immediately cut to Mr. Calling Seeley's name. And just mm. jolted out of that. It's one of the examples of like this movie's unafraid to cut so quickly between tones and just throw you into the next scene because that that feeling of like anxiety and like, oh my gosh, like what did I do? You know, like we get to empathize with the character of Celie as the audience because we too are being like jolted out of this moment that we were having on our own and, and, and then thrown into this next thing. And that sense of unease, I thought the movie just captured so well with the editing and it's something that you can't do in a production play. So it just, um, fully utilized the film medium, um, in, in those moments. So we'd love, love to see more of that, but there were some really great, great moments like that in the movie. Okay. So the Academy, are you listening? You did some good things this year, but you also messed up real bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so uh, justice for the color purple. I'm glad yes. that it got the one nomination it did. Danielle Brooks does a fantastic job, but it deserved at least three, if not four additional nominations. And yeah. so justice for the color purple. Yeah, really though, really though, like I mean, we're thankful that it's nominated in this, at least this category, so that there's eyeballs on it and attention on it. Like, we are reviewing this film, I mean, partially because we are covering the Oscars this year and and this was Mm -hmm. nominated. So, uh, man, just more people need to watch this movie. It's such an important story and such a special way to approach the story with the the medium and the genres that it's it's using. It's, It's great stuff. I'm glad it's available on Max. Yes. Yeah, me too. And it, it's been, or I don't know if it still is, but it was the number one movie on really? Max for a while wow. too. Yeah. 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 Cause like Max is, and I mean, who, I don't know if these can be trusted, but like Max has also started like the top TV shows and then the top movies of the day or whatever it is. I don't remember. Wow. Uh, and so the color purple was, was number one there for a little while. So I'm glad that people are are watching this because it is fantastic. Mm. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. Also, little shout out to uh, a one Steven Spielberg for using his mm-hmm. money and his wealth to fund important stories. You know, like I think it's it's him and Oprah that are the uh, one of the, the key producers on this film. And it's just it's great to see him as a lover of film supporting stories that are you know different from the films that he would he would make and ever be able to make and be positioned to make uh but choosing to support them in the ways that he can uh with his with his influence so i thought that was really really wonderful to see good job steven well and he directed the first film Mm. he directed the earlier film and so it's cool to see him supporting this you know i i love that you know I, I feel like these two films are so different even though they're they're telling the same story there's no competition there because they are so different and so it's mm-hmm. cool to see this director going hey no I want to support this new version and like you said Oprah she starred as Sophia in the, in the earlier version and mm-hmm. then we get we get a cameo from from Whoopi Goldberg who played Celie in in 
the original version. And so it's just cool to see these these people who are invested and love this story uh, helping to to bring this to life, you know, contributing to it in in small or big ways. It's just, it's so cool. This is such a powerful story and it's, it's great. All of the people that contributed to make this happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. All right. Any other last thoughts before we wrap? Hit them all. Uh, yeah, I, I think my, my last little shout out would be for Coleman Domingo, who is yeah. great in everything. And 2023, I guess, was a banger year for him to have both the color purple and Rustin coming out. Um, Fantastic, fantastic movies. And and he he is able to balance all of all that's needed to balance in in the character of Mr. And and he is appropriately uh, intimidating and vile when he needs to be but then also he has those tender moments and and Coleman Domingo just mm-hmm. shifts and changes with with all of them and gives a great performance again without overshadowing the women involved and so it's it's this really beautiful balance that he he contributes to this character and without oversimplifying this type of role too yeah. uh, to easily yeah. be a little bit you know, just one toned and, and to just play that um, vile character. But there's so much humanity that we do get to see in him as well. Not gonna lie, it was jarring for me the first five minutes of this movie where I'm like, I just, I loved you like a couple weeks ago and rested. Like I loved who you were. And now I'm, you're this very different person now. But uh, it was just funny. Oh, Jen. In the the Spielberg version... <laughs> Danny Glover plays Mr. And I was like, what? This, no. My. I could not process that. It was so hard for me to understand Danny Glover in this role. Oh, I was a whole wreck while watching Mm -hmm. the movie. Yeah, yeah. You're like, but I just, but I love you, but you're being awful right now. So I need to be mad at you. Yeah, it's great. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, this is our review and discussion of The Color Purple. You can find it available, as we mentioned earlier, on Max. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Movies and Us. Our name sums it up. We're all about movies and the powerful ways we can connect with each other and the world around us. This podcast is about all of us and our shared stories. So everyone is welcome here. And we're so glad you spent time with us today. You can subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you tune into your favorite shows. Drop us a rating and review letting us know your thoughts about The Color Purple. You can connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at MoviesNestPod or email us at MoviesNestPod at gmail.com. We will be back next week to discuss the film The Zone of Interest as we continue on our journey to the Oscars. We hope you have an amazing week and we hope to see you very soon. 